uh, in my Bible, it says water turned to wine as the, as the topic or the heading for that scripture. Amen. Uh, can we stand up uh, this morning for the reading of the word? Amen. We want to honor the word uh, in this house. It is our custom to honor the word. Amen. Amen. The word of God is higher than any of us. It's higher than our perceptions. It's higher than our feelings. It's higher than our emotions. Amen. We put ourselves subject to the word of God. In other words, we have the word of God on top of our heads and we are subject to what the scripture or what the word of God says. Amen. Amen. Uh, the word of God says in the book of John chapter 2 uh, from verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, say ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, they have no wine. Turn to your other neighbor and say, they have no wine. Amen. They had run out of wine. Uh, then scripture goes on to say, Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Say, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and say, do it. Do it. Turn to your other neighbor and say, do it. Do it. Say with conviction, someone say, do it. Do it. Hallelujah. Whatever he says for you to do, do it. Amen. Amen. Now there was, there were set the six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine um, and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then, then, the, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Amen. Let's pray for his word. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word is active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Father, your word will not go back to you void. It accomplishes everything you desire for it to accomplish. I say, oh God, this morning accomplish what you intend to accomplish, Father. Lord, we are here, Father. We are looking to you, Father. Lord, we lift up our eyes from whence our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Father, our eyes eyes are upon thee, Lord, even as the eyes of the, of the servant are upon the eyes of the master. Father, I pray for the anointing, Father, that makes preaching easy this morning, Father, an anointing to articulate your word with precision. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. amen. We can take our seats in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. God is good. So the scripture that we just read uh, in the book of John now, when you uh, look at the book of uh, St. John, 
or all the other books that are written, especially the Gospels, you'll see that the Gospels, they are written with a particular audience uh, in mind. Or also they are written uh, with a certain motive behind, right? So when John is writing uh, the, the, the Gospel of John, he's writing it with a, a desire that we would come to a place of faith. Amen. Come on, somebody say a place of faith. He is writing it so that we can come to a place of common belief, that we might believe in Jesus. The word of God says, and after Jesus had done what he had done, turning water into wine, the word of God tells us that even his disciples believed. So the motive or the reason why John was, uh, was writing the, the gospel of John was to bring us to or to give us a reason for us to believe. He wanted us to not only believe in what we don't know, but he wanted us to comprehend fully what it is to believe in Christ. Amen. He wanted us to have a, a, a cognitive understanding of this Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So he brings us to a place where he explains or he begins to give a narrative of the events that took place in the life of Jesus. And here is one of them that we are looking at from the book of John chapter 2. Where Jesus, the word of God says, they had been invited to a wedding that was at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus, uh, his mother had been invited and his disciples, Jesus and his disciples were invited also. So they went to the wedding. Hallelujah. God, Jesus loves weddings. Amen. He went to a wedding. Amen. And his first miracle that he's ever going to perform is going to be at a wedding. Amen. Hallelujah. He loves weddings. Hallelujah. Amen. My God. Amen. We were, we were, we were uh, having a conversation yesterday with my friend Luke and his wife, and they were uh, telling me about how they had four weddings. They had uh, two over here and two in Zimbabwe. Hallelujah. If Jesus had been walking on, on, on the face of the earth uh, in, 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 in flesh, you would have been really blessed. Four weddings with Jesus. My God. Hallelujah. It would have been an awesome, uh, awesome event because Jesus loved weddings. Uh, why, does he, why does he love weddings? Because, you see, marriage is one of the things that God is well instituted before the fall of man. There are certain things that were instituted before when everything was in the state of perfection. And marriage is one of them. Do you know what the other one is? Prayer. Yeah. Prayer did not result... As a, a, does not come by as a result of need. Right. I know in our times when we talk of prayer, prayer is a result of need. We only go to God when we need something. But that was not the reason or the, 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 the first uh, purpose of prayer. The first purpose of prayer was fellowship. God created fellowship with man. He would come in the cool of the day and he would conversate with Adam and Eve. Hallelujah. In the garden there were Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam and Steve. God created marriage in the garden. Men and women, he created them. Hallelujah. So he created them, he placed them in the garden. So marriage was instituted of God. It is a divine thing that God instituted. So we see here Jesus is only proper that when he got an invite to go to a wedding that he would attend. Now as he was at the wedding, they ran out of wine. Now just because God has instituted something or has put something in place. It doesn't mean that that thing is going to be devoid of challenges. Right. Yeah. 
when you are starting in a ministry or when you are doing the work of the Lord, you are going to encounter challenges. Right. When we took on uh, this, this work of Rise Fellowship, we knew challenges were going to come. Because the word of God says it would be foolish for somebody to start building a house without counting the cost. So you have to count the cost of anything before you embark on doing anything. You have to find out how much it's going to cost you to build a house. Amen. We are looking to extend this sanctuary. So yesterday we had somebody to come in this place to take a look at what it would cost to extend this sanctuary, build a stage here. Because it would be folly of us to, what? to embark on that project without understanding how much it's going to cost us. We have to understand fully the cost of what it's going to, to take to build something. Now when God gives you a vision, when he gives you a dream, it doesn't mean that that dream is going to go unchallenged. The, re- the more reason, because it's, it's a God thing, the more reason it's going to be challenged. When God created, if you read the book of Genesis chapter 1, the word of God tells us that God created heaven and the earth. He created everything in perfection. Amen. Then when you look at verse 2, right, you're going to see that the word of God says, and there was darkness upon the face of the earth. That darkness was not how God created the earth initially. He had created it in perfection. But when Satan was thrown from heaven, he came down and he fell on earth. And there was chaos in this realm. Right? So in other words, I'm just saying this to say, you might have a promise or a prophetic word that you are holding on to. Just because you have a prophetic word, it doesn't mean that prophetic word will go unchallenged. That's why Paul says unto Timothy when he's writing to Timothy, he says, tear up the gifting that is in you. It's requiring a certain stir up, a certain thrust, a certain motion towards fulfilling that prophetic word. Amen. Amen. So in your life, there might be some things that God said you was going to do. And today you are looking at your life, you are saying, God, I thought you said, but why is this happening this way? God, I have been faithful, but Lord, why am I facing chaos in my life? God created the universe, the cosmos, it was beautiful. But all of a sudden, verse 2 of Genesis, we see the world in disarray. We see the world in chaos. What's going on? So we see a God-instituted marriage. When all things were beautiful in the garden, he said, it is not good for a man to be alone. Therefore, he takes Adam, he puts him to sleep, right? After putting him to sleep, Adam wakes up and he beholds, he has a wife, and he says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Hallelujah. Yeah. When everything was beautiful. But now we see here, now Jesus is attending a wedding. That which God loves, that which God's light shines upon. And all of a sudden, there is no more wine. And Jesus has been invited to this wedding. And we know his, his seal of approval is there because he attended the wedding. Amen. But there is no more wine. Hallelujah. There are times in what God has instituted for your life, you are going to run out of wine. When we talk about wine, we are talking about the joy of that thing. The joy of that job. The joy of that vision that God has given you. The joy of that dream. The acceleration. Where you enjoy what God is doing in your life. Where you are at a place where things are flowing as you would want them to be. 
where your kids are serving the Lord. And you are like, God, glory to God. My children are serving the Lord. They are, they, they, they are, they are, they are taking on after me. They are doing that which they are supposed to be, to be doing. But there are times when your kids are going astray and you are like, God, where is my oil? Where is my wine for this situation? They found themselves at a wedding, Jesus being there and no wine. In those days, the, the wedding would take probably a week. I can imagine probably it's on the second day. And people are wondering, what are we going to do? We have three more days or five more days to go. And we are out of wine. Hallelujah. We are out of wine. What are we going to do? They are in a place where they are facing a predicament. You will find that in life. Uh, the word of God says, as long as you are alive, it is impossible for offenses not to come. Yeah. The moment you, start, you stop facing challenges is when you go into heaven. As long as you are on this earth, you are going to face challenges. You are going to face obscurities. You are going to face the impediments. You are going to face things that are challenging to your life. With God in your life. Mm. Jesus was there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I love the word of God because the word of God tells me that Mary went to Jesus and said, Jesus, there is no more wine. Who do you go to when you are facing a dire situation in your life? Who do you tend to when you are facing a situation that needs a change? Do you go to God? Hallelujah. Jesus said his disciples came to him and said, Father, teach us how to pray. And he says, when you pray, this is how you ought to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. Now, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, you see that the Lord's Prayer starts with, a, with, 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 with highlighting a relationship. Amen. <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus, she had a relationship with her son. No, but she didn't just send anybody out there to say, go tell my son that uh, there is no more wine. But she went by herself and said, son, there is no more wine. Because she had a relationship with Jesus. Do you have a relationship with the Father? You need to have a relationship with Jesus. I said the reason why prayer was instituted was so that you could communicate with God on a daily basis. And it's a good thing when you wake up and you say, God, good morning. Anytime when you are going about it, you are just saying, God, I just wanted to check to see if you are seated on the throne. I just want to know if you are still in control. And the Lord answers and says, I'm still in control. Yes, me and my glory and everything that is, I'm still in control. Even as the world, as the world is revolving, I want you to know that it's revolving upon my fingertip. I want you to know that I'm still in control. She had a relationship with Jesus. Therefore, she had an opportunity to approach him. When you become a child of God, when you say, Jesus, come into my life, therein starts a relationship. And the book of Romans chapter 5 tells us that because we have peace with, because of what Jesus has done, we have peace with God. We can enter in. So what Mary did to go to Jesus, you and I, we have the right to enter into the presence of the, of the Most High God, into the Holy of Holies and say, here I am, I need wine. There is no more wine in this situation. Amen. She went and she approached Jesus and said, Jesus, there is no more wine. Hallelujah. She didn't explain anything anymore, anymore she, because she had a relationship 
That's why the word of God says when you pray, it's not about the many words. <laughs> because when you are in relationship with the Father, uh, you don't have to stand there and say, and now God. No. Because you are in relationship. It's as simple as saying, Jesus, I need wine in my life. Because you are in relationship. His, your voice is familiar to his voice. His voice is familiar to your ears. The word of God says, and the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Do you know the, the voice of the master? Do you know Jesus' voice? There are times he's speaking, but we are not, because we, we, we don't know his voice. We don't give him time. We don't have a relationship with him. Then we're like, God, you are silent. But he's like, I'm speaking. But we are not able to hear that voice. Sometimes there are many sounds that are distracting us from hearing that voice. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, we were learning about quiet time at Bible study. That you need to set apart time that you just open your word, turn off your cell phone, and you just say, you know what, I'm just dedicating this time to hear what God is saying. There is a relationship. Imagine if you have a, uh, someone that says, you know what, I'm your close friend, but you never see them. The moment, the only time you see them is when they have a need. That's the only time you say, no, this is not my true friend. Right? So we see here, the, the, the mother of Jesus shared a relationship with Jesus. Amen. It's not based upon need. When prayer was instituted in the garden, Adam and Eve didn't have a need. God would come to them. They didn't like anything to just talk. Yeah, it's a challenge to us. There are times that we just have to go before God and say, God, I just come to say I love you. Because you first loved me. I just want to come here and just say, Lord, you are God. I just want to appreciate you for the life that I am living. I have breath in my nostrils. Lord, I want to thank you. My heart is beating. Uh, somebody's in hospital, but Lord, you're putting food on my table. Lord, I'm just appreciating you for who you are. You are God. Hey, there's a relationship. Relationship. As a church, we have to have a relationship. As an individual, a relationship with God. A relationship. Because when you have a relationship, your voice will be so much familiar. God will be familiar with your voice. Imagine how many, how many people are talking to God. Yeah, how many people, how many churches are actually meeting right now as we are meeting right here? Yeah, but we have to do something that provokes the heart of God to move. Yeah. That's why when we come here, we lift up our hands in worship. We are saying, God, yeah, look at, look, we are humbling ourselves before you. Amen. Right? Amen. We are humbling ourselves before God. Yes. 